Hey, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Locked On Nittany Lines podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Today is Tuesday, March 10th, 2020. Happy Super Mario Day to all you Mario fans out there. I'm putting it out there Super Mario Bros. 3, still the best game of all time. But we talk Penn State sports right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we'll do that today. We've got some more basketball stuff to talk about with the Big Ten tournament getting ready to tip off. We've got athletic director, power rankings, and we're going to talk a little bit about how much Ohio State is paying their assistant coaches and just how much Penn State needs to get on board with that kind of idea moving forward. Or are they already there? We'll talk a little bit about all that today in today's episode. So go back and make sure you are subscribed so you never miss a single episode. We're on all the podcasting platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Himalaya. We've also got the RSS feed. You can also listen to us on Tuned In app on your Amazon Alexa device. And we want you to be a part of the show. So make sure after you subscribe, rate, and review on those podcasting platforms, you give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. You check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And also check out our YouTube page too because we'll put up select audio clips from various podcasts on the YouTube channel as well. And we'll probably do some more of that in the future. So lots of stuff and lots of ways to get involved and stay connected with our show. And hopefully we're only going to continue to grow from there. So with all that out of the way, guys, let's go ahead and get today's episode started. Before I get started, I just want to offer a quick general reminder that I typically record these podcasts a day early, usually in the middle of the afternoon, late afternoon, maybe even during the evening. So some of the information I may say in any particular podcast may be slightly inaccurate or outdated by the time you actually get a chance to listen to it. Case in point, in yesterday's episode on Monday, I suggested that Penn State was very likely to get the number one seed, or I'm sorry, the number seven seed in the Big Ten men's basketball tournament. Turns out they actually ended up getting the number six seed in the tournament. So now that we have that all ironed out, we can definitively say that Penn State will be playing in game six on Thursday, March 12th, uh, in the Big Ten tournament. It'll be the last game of the day, I believe. Uh, so they will be playing 25 minutes after the Ohio State-Purdue game, which is game five on the schedule. That game begins at 6.30 p.m. So it's going to be a late night for the Penn State basketball fans out there because they will be playing 25 minutes after the conclusion of Ohio State and Purdue. The winner of Ohio State-Purdue gets a chance to play Michigan State on Friday uh, at 6.30 p.m. So just brace yourself right now. Just prepare for a late night Thursday or maybe just take off on Friday. I don't know what you're going to do. But the bottom line is we know that number six Penn State will be playing the winner of the Wednesday opening game between Nebraska, which is the number 14 seed in the tournament, the Big Ten tournament, and Indiana, the number 11 seed. Now, of course, uh, Penn State recently played Indiana, and that was one of the losses down the stretch. So you got a chance to get back on track and maybe score some revenge against the Hoosiers right in Indianapolis. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy at all. But we do know that Penn State is the number six seed. They actually tied for fifth place in the Big Ten. There was, I think, a four-way tie for the, the Big Ten championship in the regular season. Wisconsin is your number one seed. Uh, Michigan State is your number two seed. Maryland is the number three seed. 
followed by Illinois as the number four seed. Those four teams all get the double bye. And if Penn State happens to beat Indiana or Nebraska, they will play number three Maryland on Friday. Again, it would be the latest, the late game on the schedule. So if Penn State can win a game or two, uh, they're going to be in for some pretty late nights as far as this Big Ten tournament is concerned. But there you go. There you have it. The Big Ten tournament is set. Your number four seeds, again, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Maryland, and Illinois in that order. Northwestern and Minnesota will be the first game tipping everything off on Wednesday at 6 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Uh, Northwestern is your 13 seed, Minnesota your 12 seed. And then after that, we'll get Nebraska, number 14 seed against Indiana. Winner of that will play Penn State on Thursday. Your other Thursday games, uh, these are all teams that get the buy the buy in the first round. Uh, number nine seed Michigan taking on number eight seed Rutgers. Uh, they, the winner of that game will play Wisconsin in the next round. Uh, the Northwestern Minnesota winner will play number five seed Iowa. And Iowa, the winner of that Iowa Northwestern Minnesota game would take on Illinois. And then, like I said, Ohio State and Purdue will tip off on Wednesday night. And the winner of that game will play Michigan State. So Penn State gets the winner of Nebraska, Indiana. And the winner of that game will get to play Maryland on Friday. So there you have it. Penn State time, a couple days off to uh, kind of regroup. Get back on track and get ready for the Big Ten Championship Tournament. Sticking with basketball, the Big Ten had all of their awards for the men's basketball season announced on Monday afternoon. And, of course, a handful of Penn State players were receiving some accolades. Of course, Lamar Stevens was one of the, the big winners with being named the Big Ten All-Conference First Team by both the coaches and the media. He's only the second Penn State player to ever to have First Team All-Big Ten honors in two seasons. So... Not too surprising there, although as Ben Jones, who is a great follower for all Penn State sports coverage on Twitter, uh, pointed out this wasn't actually necessarily one of Lamar Stevens' best seasons. I tend to agree with that from what I've seen, uh, but this is more of a, a recognition of just how important he has been to what Penn State has had on as far as their success this season. He's been a big key player. There's no question about that. Maybe gets a little bit more of a nod to a career achievement award in some respects, but no doubt about it. He is a program changing kind of a player and we'll see what he has in store for the Big Ten tournament. Also receiving some awards, Jamari Wheeler earns a spot on the all-defensive team for the Big Ten, and Myron Jones selected by the Big Ten media for honorable mention. So some good news for some Penn State players that have played some key spots, or, or sorry, key roles for the Nittany Lions this season. Hopefully they can all come together and hit that reset button like we've been talking about and win a couple games in this Big Ten tournament to kind of improve their NCAA seeding when that comes around. Selection Sunday will be coming up on Sunday, of course, and we do, uh, I think there's a very, about a 98% chance that Penn State is still going to the NCAA tournament. I know losing five of the last six games really hurts, and if they are one and done in the Big Ten tournament, it really stings a little bit, but I still think they're going to be going to the tournament, even though they've been on a little bit of a slide. But certainly winning a game, you know, winning two games would be huge for Penn State in the Big Ten tournament. So we'll see what they have in store for us out in Indianapolis as they get underway Thursday afternoon or Thursday evening, I should say. 
In various episodes in the past on Locked On Nittany Lions, we've discussed what it's going to take to get Penn State to take that next jump as a football program to become a true national title contender. Now, I know James Franklin has suggested that they are very close to being a national title contender, and I don't necessarily disagree with him, but I think if you look at what these national title contenders on a regular basis are doing and what Penn State is not doing, one of them comes back to just how much you're paying your assistant coaches. And that's not to say that Penn State's being cheap with their assistant coaches, and certainly with some of the turnover that they've had, some of the contracts are going to be a little bit lower compared to some of the more tenured coaches that are out there as assistant coaches. But we're talking about this today because Ohio State made some more headlines yesterday with just how much they are paying their assistant coaches. They will have four assistant coaches making at least one million dollars. Kerry Coombs is getting a 1.4 million dollar contract uh, from the Buckeyes. Uh, former Penn State uh, defensive line coach Larry Johnson Sr. is also going to be getting over one million dollars. And of course, uh, co-defense coordinator Greg Madison, uh, in addition to Johnson, they're each making 1.133 million dollars, according to 11warriors.com. Great Ohio State resource, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> Ohio State is shelling out a lot of money for their assistant coaches. And you know what? Ohio State has the resources to be able to do that. And a lot of the top programs and top universities in those power conferences, like the Big Ten and the SEC, most notably, are going to have the kind of money to be able to pay assistant coaches this kind of money. And that's really what separates the haves from the haves nots from in college football. And this has been an ongoing divide that we've seen in college football as the resources continue to come in in massive amounts for schools in the Big Ten and the SEC and uh, even in the ACC. Uh, that's going to trickle down where you're not just having the head coaches making an exorbitant amount of money, but you have more and more assistant coaches making millions of dollars <laughs> and obviously you're not going to pay every assistant coach a million dollars at least not anytime too soon but remember it wasn't all that long ago that it was a big deal that an assistant coach was getting paid one million dollars now schools like lsu and clemson they tend to pay the top dollar for their assistant coaches and look at the success that those programs have had obviously lsu is coming off a national championship Clemson has been on the national champion stage for the last few years under Dabo Sweeney because they have paid their assistant coaches very well. Alabama's been up there. Georgia's been up there. Uh, as I said, uh, LSU has certainly been up there, and they'll continue to be up there. And now Ohio State is uh, joining that fray. So you look around, I don't think you're going to be paying all of the, the Penn State assistants quite that kind of money, although the resources are available should Penn State get to that point. And, of course, some of this is based on reputation. Some of these assistant coaches that Ohio State has, they're long-time. They're, they're tenured. They established themselves as some of the top assistants that you can buy, literally. <laughs> and uh, you know, Penn State's staff, not exactly on that same caliber as far as uh, reputation over a long extended period of time. doesn't mean that Penn State's coaching staff is worse than Ohio State staff or certainly is lacking compared to some of the other programs that are out there. But that is always going to be one of the things that you come back to. You know, obviously, how much do you invest in your program? How much is too much? Uh, Ohio State has been at the top of the Big Ten for quite some time now. It was certainly under Urban Meyer, things have really been raised a, a number of ways. 
as far as how they run that football program and what they invest in and what they get out of it. To be honest, you know, they have multiple Big Ten titles. They have multiple playoff appearances. They obviously have one national championship under Urban Meyer. So what is it going to take to get Penn State to that level? Again, I don't necessarily think that you can just pay the top assistants. uh, I don't think you necessarily pay assistant coaches a million dollars and automatically you're going to have immediate success. I think you you pay for coaches that have been successful and coaches that will continue to be successful. So we'll see, I think, in time whether or not Penn State has the assistants that are going to be able to to command those kinds of salaries, certainly for more than one assistant. Uh, And I think Penn State would be much more interested in investing those kinds of dollars into the assistant coaches. Again, not to say that Penn State's being cheap with their assistant coaches. I, I don't think that that's the case at all. But if you're going to be a successful college football program, you're going to pay a lot of money for your assistant coaches. So that's something just to keep an eye on. And obviously, Ohio State continues to raise the bar. And there's a reason why they have the separation between them and the rest of the conference. And it starts with the staff. It starts with the head coaches. starts with this, then goes to the assistant staff. And then, of course, the talent that you're bringing in. Uh, when you have all the success that Ohio State has been having, you can invest in that and you're going to be rewarded for it. So let's see if Penn State can get to that level of success, and if so, how much they're willing to pay for it. We haven't been spending a lot of time talking about some of the recent struggles of the men's basketball program at Penn State, but if you take a look around the entire athletic scene at Penn State, there's a lot of good stuff happening right now. And this isn't just the football program, which is coming off a victory in the Cotton Bowl. But, of course, the men's hockey team just finished off winning the Big Ten regular season championship. They've got the number one seed in the Big Ten hockey tournament. They'll be playing in the semifinal round this weekend at home. Uh, The wrestling program continues to be a dominant force in college wrestling. The lacrosse team has surged in the last uh, year or so, becoming one of the top lacrosse programs in the country. The women's volleyball team is always a fantastic powerhouse. Uh, Men's volleyball team always represents very well, too. So there is a lot of good stuff happening around the Penn State athletic scene. And when that is happening, you're going to get some good placing in that Director's Cup, which kind of compares and puts together all the athletic programs to success and and compares them against every other school or every other Division I school out there. And Penn State has fared fairly well. Not necessarily ready to take that Director's Cup, but they are putting themselves in a very good standing. And Sandy Barber, the athletic director since 2014, is going to get a lot of praise for a lot of the success that has been happening. Because let's face it, if the athletic director is in charge of a lot of successful athletic programs like Sandy Barber is right now, she's going to get a lot of praise and deservingly so because she's making some key decisions that are helping those various programs. She may be making some coaching hires to to guide those programs in the right direction. She's also working on contract extensions like James Franklin just got. Uh, We'll see where the future goes with the the men's basketball program with Pat Chambers and see what happens there. Uh, Obviously there are some good building blocks being put together and she's been at the helm uh, of uh, some interesting positions since she came over from Cal in 2014. Remember in 2014, the university is still kind of digging itself out of that whole Jerry Sandusky scandal and the, the whole public image. And there, were, there was a lot of stuff going on at that time in the years shortly after the Jerry Sandusky uh, scandal. So 
uh, Penn State needed to make some good hires, and they hired a woman who has proven herself to be a, a very good athletic director. Now, I know that she left behind some baggage at Cal, and there were some uh, bitter feelings and animosity over the, her exit from her previous employer, but ever since she came to Penn State, there's been a lot more positive than negative. And this is not to say that there aren't some complaints out there. I've heard from some of them and the, the way that Tickinini is handled, especially with the football program. I understand there, there are some changes that she's been in charge of that haven't necessarily gone as smoothly as some people would expect. But when you take a look at the success that these programs are having on the field, on the ice, on the court, there is a, a lot of praise to be heaped on Sandy Barber. Now, the Director's Cup is a way of determining which school out there, Division I school, has the best overall athletics program. And that's something that Penn State hasn't been one of the top schools, but they are certainly uh, well represented. Uh, maybe not, I shouldn't say they're not one of the top schools because they are one of the top schools, but they, are, they aren't one of the schools that wins the Director's Cup. But they, are, they put themselves in a very good standing overall. And athleticdirectoru.com recently put together their AD performance ratings that kind of echoes what we see in the Director's Cup to rank all of the athletic directors. And Sandy Barber comes in sixth overall in their latest rankings with a rating, an AD rating of 92.5. Again, only five athletic directors in the country, in the Division One have higher ratings as far as this ranking is concerned. Now, Stanford's Bruno Muir. He's got a perfect 100 rating. Uh, it's hard to beat. Stanford has been uh, fantastic. Uh, Florida's Scott Strickland, 99.8. He's number two. Michigan's Ward Manuel comes in at 98.6. He's the third best AD according to these rankings overall. And Princeton's Molly Marco uh, gets a 95.5, followed by Bubba Cunningham of North Carolina, 95.3. So Sandy Barber is in some very good company as far as ADs are concerned. Again, second highest ranked uh, Big Ten AD behind Michigan's Ward Manual. Uh, and if you're curious, Ohio State's uh, AD not in that top 20 according to this ranking, which I thought was pretty interesting. <laughs> I, I really did think that that was kind of interesting. I didn't necessarily expect to see that uh, because I feel like Ohio State's had a lot of success too, if we're being honest here. But that puts uh, but puts Sandy Barber in very good company. She's ahead of Greg McGarity at Georgia. Uh, look at the school like um, Oregon. Rob Mullins, uh, he, he's way down there at 83. I mean, not way down there. He's still very well represented as well. But uh, you know, he's he's down there. Uh, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of praise to be had here because Sandy Barber is one of three Big Ten ads coming in the top 20 according to this ranking, which I think is pretty impressive. Hear from you. I want to know what you guys think about AD Sandy Barber. Let me know what you think about the job performances he's been having. Uh, do you have some positive things to say? Do you have any criticisms? Hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnNitty and check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNitty. I want to share some of your reactions and some of your thoughts on the performance of Sandy Barber in an upcoming podcast. So leave me your comments, leave me your questions, and we'll address them in a follow-up episode in the coming days, probably, as long as we get enough feedback from you guys. So hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnNitty and let me know what you think about the performance of Sandy Barber. Do you think that that's too high? Do you think it's right on? Let me know. And real quick before I head out for today's episode, I'm going to put together my real quick 
off the top of my head, top five list of Super Mario games of all time. Not including Super Mario Kart, not including Smash Brothers, just authentic Super Mario games. Number one, Super Mario Brothers 3. Number two, Super Mario Odyssey. Number three, Super Mario Galaxy. Number four, Super Mario Galaxy 2. And number five, for me, Super Mario World. I know I didn't mention Super Mario 64, but to me, that's my solid top five. I'm going to stick with it. Let me know what your favorite Mario game is on this Super Mario Day. Of course, it's March 10th. Mario, you get it. So the best way to do that is to connect with us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. You can check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And of course, check out our new YouTube channel as well. Make sure to not only subscribe, but hit that notification bell so you get notified every time a new video does go live on the channel. And speaking of subscribing, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're on it. Subscribe, rate and review. We appreciate the feedback and it does help promote the show on those various podcasting platforms moving forward as we continue to try and grow this podcast here in 2020. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter as well at Kevin on CFB. Check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash by Kevin McGuire. Now that's going to do it for this episode, but make sure you let your smart device know that you want to listen to some more locked on podcasts. Check out the locked on big 10 podcast, getting ready for that big 10 tournament. You'll get every angle around the big 10 tournament covered over there on locked on big 10. Of course, go to locked on podcast network.com and check out all the different options we have available or write in your own podcasting directories. Uh, we've got all your favorite teams covered so make sure you check them all out subscribe to them and find some new shows find some new hosts find some new voices covering your favorite sports teams out there that's gonna do it for today's episode thank you so much for listening come back again we'll do it again all again tomorrow and until then have a great day go one to know today we'll see you on wednesday